0: PLASTIC PLANET PLASTIC PLANET Part 4 Chapter 7 City of Savages Be careful who you call your friends I'd rather have four quarters than one hundred pennies Al Capone Operations Detroit went without incident allowing Mother's Keepers to land in Chicago before nightfall. Stu emerged to clear plastic poison gas from Illinois and Missouri. Commander Kroll's team followed, sweeping the area thoroughly before setting up camp. Commander Kroll, troubled by the lack of activity, scanned the surface carefully. Even with the presence of poison plastic gas, it seemed unusually quiet. Team two sat down thirty minutes later with Commander Kroll and his team meeting the hover plane, keeping a watchful eye. Mother's keepers were gathered around the campfire discussing the day and planning for tomorrow. One of Commander Kroll's guards approached.
1: Sir, we have company. Our camp surrounded by fifty hovercraft, with a large hover bus approaching. I WANT THE ENTIRE TEAM OUT HERE BOTTLE READY IN FIVE MINUTES!"
0: Commander Crow ordered, sending the guard off to alert the others. The hover bus, long, black, and sleek with tinted windows, stopped twenty-five yards from the camp, featuring the silhouette of a robust man. Two armed goons in gas masks approached with one yelling through the
1: mask. Big Sal would like to have a word with whoever's in charge here.
0: Rom struggled to hear the words but understood the message, stepping forward to be led to Big Sal. The hover bus was a large cross-country model, converted into Big Sal's moving headquarters. Rom passed through the degassing chamber at the goon's persistence. Big Sal was huge, at least four hundred pounds, with a large head and puffy cheeks. There were platters of food and snacks all around him. Sal made no move to get up, rather motioned for Rom to take a seat. Could I get you anything, fella? The server drew out her words provocatively, while bending close to Rom and smiling coyly. Water, please. Rom replied with professional demeanor, ignoring the server's advances. Sal gazed at Rom perplexed.
1: I never seen you around here, but your people are camped out on my territory. Everyone that passes through here pays taxes, see?
0: Sal shook his head in feigned disbelief. Who's going to pay the entry and departure tax for use? Sal pointed a huge finger at Rom menacingly. Rom studied Sal for a full minute before replying. So, we're here on a mission to save the planet, with our success benefiting everyone. I am certain you noticed nobody in my party are wearing gas masks. That's because we cleared the air of poison from the air in Chicago, in Illinois, and in Missouri. Tomorrow, we will take the first step toward restoring natural order to the area. Our team is comprised of seven individuals with supernatural abilities that will allow us to save humankind. Rom fell silent, leveling his gaze at Sal to drive home his passion.
1: Ho ho! I'm impressed! How can I get in on this action? You guys are gonna rake it into cash!
0: So, we're not in it for the money. We want to save humankind and restore natural order to the planet because it's
1: the right thing to do. I don't know. I'm supposed to get a piece of everything to comes sit here, but a piece of nothing is zero.
0: Rom tried a different approach. So do you have kids?
1: Sure. I have a two teenage boys and a 12-year-old girl.
0: Do you want your children to grow up in a toxic world without clean air, without animals, without birds? Sal paused, his forehead wrinkled in thoughtful consideration before replying.
1: No, but I also don't want them to be broke.
0: The banter went on for another 45 minutes before ending with Sal throwing up his hands, signaling defeat.
1: Okay, okay. I never give up, do you? I'll have you know, you're the only ones who look to here without paying toll.
0: Sal waved his massive hand, dismissing Rom, turning his attention back to the feast that lay before him. Rom, relieved, turned and walked out briskly. Commander Kroll approached, highly agitated.
1: Wrong! One of our hoverplanes was just stolen! <coughs> Within the last five minutes!
0: Commander Kroll's team fanned out across the area, searching for the missing hoverplane. A whir of the hoverplane's electromagnetic conductors echoed through the air as the stolen hoverplane rose rapid in vertical ascent. Stu took a deep breath before letting go a stiff wind that cause the hover plane to stall briefly before the vessel's safety mechanism engaged, and it floated to the ground. Commander Crow's team surrounded the vessel with weapons drawn. The hover plane door slowly opened with three armed occupants emerging. Rom stepped in. An armed battle would not serve anyone, and could create discord for future sites. Commander Kroll, mothers keepers security, stand down. Commander Kroll signaled affirmation for his team to lower their weapons. Rom addressed the gangsters. Gentlemen, thank you for looking after our hoverplane. Your service will not be forgotten. You are free to go. Broad, cruel smiles formed on the gangsters' faces, with the spokesman for the group stepping forward. See? You got yourself a problem. Your first mistake was to lower your weapons. Mistake number two was not searching the hoverplane. Four more armed gangsters emerged from the hoverplane. A soft, sweet voice rang out in the ensuing silence. Excuse me, sir? Gangsters, Commander Crowell's team, and Mother's keepers stared at Moon, a young 14-year-old girl with tears streaming down her cheeks, emotionally appealing to the gangsters. The point man, temporarily overcome with emotion, started to respond but was interrupted by a whirlwind of motion. As Moon crouched low, simultaneously sweeping the ground in a low lunge, knocking the goon off his feet. Moon tucked her feet under and used her legs to spring herself into the air, paralleling her body to the ground while executing two rapid-fire kicks, toppling two more gangsters. Moon landed in a ball, rolling in her stance to execute a wide roundhouse, taking down the remaining goons. Moon stood in defensive stance, scanning for threats. A peaceful warrior's aura radiated from her being, with Stu and Star rushing to her concern the daughter may be injured.
1: Moon! Baby! Are you okay? You're not hurt, are you?
0: Star checked Moon over frantically while Stu Stu stood by in silent support. Commander Kroll took the goons into custody before turning his attention to Moon.
1: Moon! Where'd you learn to fight like that? That was incredible!
0: everyone fell silent waiting expectantly for explanation all my life i've been the student of the eastern arts both physical and mental i too have visited the spirit tribe in the sky i was gifted with expert knowledge of eastern fighting and meditative disciplines i used my spirit gifted abilities to eliminate today's threat as well as to save my brother and two guards a few weeks
1: ago. Moon, that was awesome! You were a force of strength. It took a significant amount of discipline to keep your supernatural abilities under wraps. There's always a spot on my team for you if you never decide to enlist. I fully expect to be reinstated to my beloved Marine Corps once this country is back on track moon blushed
0: thank you commander I'll keep that in mind I believe my path is more solitary in nature but I would be honored to serve with you commander Kroll snapped to attention executing a crisp salute moon did the same her proud demeanor conflicted by her fifteen-year-old presence turning bright red with tears streaming down her face as she stood proud with honor The goons returned to Big Sal, who caught wind of the unauthorized heist, and graciously offered to take care of the discipline for the offenders. The next morning, mother's keepers woke to find the camp surrounded by thousands of well-wishers, singing out words of affirmation.
1: We're with you. We're grateful. Keep up the good work.
0: A rhythm took form as the entire city rang out in a melodious chant that echoed through the greater Chicago area. Mothers, Mothers keepers, mothers keepers, mothers keepers, mothers keepers, mothers keepers. A celebration ensued in the streets of Chicago lasting for days with people singing, dancing, grateful that they could walk on the surface again without a gas mask.